We still exist. We know how to podcast. <laughs> well, that's debatable. Oh, no, but. I kind of forgot a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're figuring it out. That's so long. I'm Morgan. I'm Aisha. And Bella is here also. Yes, you might hear her bark a little bit if she's excited. She do get excited sometimes. Yeah. And good for her. We should all get a little excited mm-hmm. sometimes. If only we could have constant dog energy. Fuck yeah. Oh my god, I wish I had constant dog energy. Literally energy all the time. You could run around the block and be just fine. Like I more have cat energy. Mostly yeah. want to sleep, but mm. sometimes I get the zoomies. Yeah. And then everybody is annoyed by me. <laughs> no. I inconvenience everyone when I have zoomies. <laughs> I think of hamsters too. I'm like... I'm a hamster because I'm going to die in a way that people are going to be like, what the fuck was wrong with her? Hamster energy. Because <laughs> everyone has a crazy, my hamster died in a weird fucking way story, and it's great. I'm going to die because the guy looked at me weird and I had a heart attack. <laughs> that's, that's, that's I thought you were going to say he's going to murder you. No. <laughs> like, no. that's probably likely. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. Unfortunately. In this economy. Yeah. Uh, this societal climate. This is, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, it's been a minute. We're yeah. just going to talk about some books as we like to do, as we are want to do on this podcast. And then, yeah. The other stuff, the media. Media, etc. Do you want to do books first or media, etc. first? Let's do media, etc. first. I feel like that's right. always more... It's a good Not warm-up. necessarily more exciting, but yeah, that It's word. a warm-up. It, yeah, gets yeah, us, yeah. it gets us going. Do you have any good news? Um, we got 14 poets for the June 2nd Pride event at Yellow Cat. <laughs> that's oh, my good yeah, news. Yeah, <laughs> that was very good news. I was really excited about that, and they were, like, when I was texting the, the people who put it together, they were so excited. That's awesome. That's going to be a really good event. Yeah, but uh, we're going to have to yeah. kick them off the stage immediately. Yeah, we'll start. We're going to get the music that they play at, like, the awards shows when the speeches are lasting too long. Oh, yeah, we'll just, like, like, slowly, like, play up. the music. Yeah, slowly turn it up in volume. <laughs> <laughs> no 25 minute poems no. today <clears throat> certain friend of ours uh-huh. <clears throat> got a kid for every minute <laughs> um yeah <didn't. laughs> that is something only a few people will understand but I that's hope you funny. can appreciate it if you hear it <laughs> that person won't be reading nice. uh probably uh, um, yeah Dane Poetry Slam, we've been flourishing. We've been having a lot of new poets showing up. And I feel like we've been doing just been a lot of, like, what's the word when you're putting around town, like, kind of getting your name out networking. there? Networking. Yes, that word. I feel like we've we been networking well. There. It's a new yeah. age for Dane Poetry Slam. That's right. That's and right. I love it. Coming into our own after 20 years. Yeah, we you are. Know, that's when all of us start figuring our shit out, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, maybe 20 years after I was 18 once, <laughs> like, once we hit 30 we'll be great I'm hoping we'll be the coolest we've ever been That's, actually that was my situation yeah. at least so I think with my green hair I am right now the coolest I've yeah. ever been so yeah. I told my hairstylist today so the other day I got out of the shower and instead of like pulling my bangs down and drying them and straightening them I did like I just side flipped them like I usually wear have worn my hair in the past I just basically got rid of my bangs I hid them and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh, this is the most that I've felt like myself in months and months and months. Wow. So I'd like, I'm, because I'm used to having my hair side parted and I enjoy my little forays into bangs, but I don't feel like myself when I have bangs. And so when I pulled my hair into the side and side flipped it, I was like, 
this is me. This that is, was so cute. This is a Morgan look. Was that like when you wore the really cute dress? That was, well, I still had bangs then. I was just like side swiping them. But really now pretty. I'm like just pushing them back and letting them blend into my hair. And oh. it's like the flippy hair that I've always uh-huh. enjoyed having. Emo so. Morgan. Emo, yeah, that's really it. I just, when I discovered the glory of the side part, I can't, <laughs> I can't get too far away from it. So. I have a, I'm, I got a big ass forehead, but I'm still really into the middle part. Middle parts like, are good too. I, I just, I've never been into it before because oh, my big forehead. So like, okay. I've been obsessed with it the last couple of years though. I love that. Yeah, I think a good middle part looks good. I have a hard time accepting it on myself. It's the forehead. I have like a seven head. So <laughs> I think I your forehead is perfect. <laughs> but yeah, we have to learn to embrace and enjoy the parts of ourselves that we don't necessarily like. I guess. So. Yeah. True. I think you look all good. A part of the day. Thank you. You guys should see her hair. It's cool. It's uh, currently blue and uh, like magenta pinkish with a little bit of purple in the back because bisexuality. Yeah, I was going to say, Pride Month is coming up. Baby. Um, Yeah, I was in the chair for a long time today and it was a lot of fun. I like my therapist a lot. Her name's Drake. If you live in Dayton, go to the Wolf in the Hair Salon and check out Drake. She's awesome. Did you call her your therapist? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got deep. We actually, like, <laughs> at one point, she apologized to the stylist and the girl in the chair next to us because we were just, like, talking about all the, like, <laughs> trauma. All the, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, trauma and then, like, internalized things from our childhood and from being raised. And it, it went all over the place from, like, from, like, body, like, image to, like, all of it. We were just talking away. I was telling her about my... <laughs> my journeys with the ADHD testing and stuff and oh, yeah. she was upset on my behalf mm-hmm. so um but yeah it's all right I bought a lot of self-help books recently because the lady that ran my test told me to so we'll see how those pan out some of them do look decent just like it's like a 10 minute de-stress workbook and it's like up there's a page it's like if these things happened try these exercises and it's like you had a really stressful meeting at work try and there are tons of different exercises and they range from breathing exercises to little activities you can do to like you know clear your mind or whatever i don't fucking know i also got the entire box set of shirley jackson novels <laughs> and short stories that was my other treat to myself Love this that. week so <laughs> very exciting i have a friend who's like really 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 big on self-help books that's all she reads i've not been into self-help books in the past but since this was specifically advised to me by somebody who tested my personality, I guess I will read them or own them and pretend that I'll read them at some point. Yeah, yeah, I don't like reading things that usually are common knowledge that are packaged to be some sort of prophetic thing. You know what I mean? And that's what I find a lot of self-help books to be. But, you know, I can't just act like all self-help books are going to be that way I guess maybe some of them are helpful or even if they teach me one or two little coping skills those are one or two skills that I have to Mm -hmm. to cope so I think there are a lot of stigmas with self-help because it's like borderline egotism sometimes yeah it's like it's hard to accept it yeah but anyway should we get into maybe our YouTube or our media absorption heck yeah um i don't have a lot uh i haven't been listening to any podcasts i do get like a nice list of music but Mm. not a lot of youtube either like i haven't been watching anything i'm sorry that's okay (laughs) i've been like listening to music and books a lot and playing the sims on my 
computer, so I haven't been watching much of anything. That's a real chill thing, though. Yeah. I don't watch anything by myself anymore. It's always just, like, things that Brody wants to watch, and then I get into them. But I can't get into anything that I just, like, watch on my breaks or when I'm home by myself or anything. I just... Mm -hmm. And I, I also just would rather listen to podcasts mm -hmm. most of the time. Or books. I'm listening to Shirley Jackson's biography right now, which is why I bought her box set of mm. books. I was like, oh, I need to read all of these. But I have lots of YouTubes. These are all things that Brody scouted out, and then I got into because he found them very good. So <laughs> would you like to start? Um, yeah. For YouTube, I watched... I've been playing Far Cry 5, so... Mm. Um, I found a YouTuber named Hollow who was playing Far Cry 6, and he was really excited because he's Cuban. Uh, he's Cuban-American, I think? But he was born in Cuba, and Far Cry 6 takes place in, in, Cuban, in Cuba, and it, like, talks about some of the, like, authoritative issues that they're having right now, the revolution kind of issues they're having and they've been having for a long time um and so he was like really excited to play it and he was seeing a lot of the locations that he's visited before in his life so it was just kind of neat to watch him play it but also far cry is a lot of fun it's like monotonous shooting um and it's sort of like grand theft auto honestly mm -hmm. okay but um i don't know i like playing it and um i was playing far cry 5 which is basically talking about the religious extremism in america oh okay it's, it's neat but also scary mm -hmm. <laughs> it's basically you're stuck on this island and it's been taken over by these three siblings john seed jacob seed and faith seed and each of them have like completely brainwashed the entire island into um thinking that they're like god's like chosen ones it's our, our gods themselves and it's really fucking scary and these people are like intensely uh loyal to them so like, it's like a cult basically yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, spooky. Uh, it's crazy so yeah that's what i've been playing that's awesome <laughs> um, is that the one that has uh the guy from breaking bad in it Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, Far Cry 6 is. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Also, yeah, I love saying his name so much, Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yes, he was the Cuban dictator. Okay, yeah, that's what... He always plays... He, he gets typecast, doesn't yeah. he? I don't except, think I've seen him in a role other than that. Oh. Except when... Although he was kind of evil a little bit when he was in Once Upon a Time. He was oh, the yeah, mirror. He was the Ooh. mirror. Yeah. The enchanted <laughs> mirror. That yes. sounds good. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. And he wasn't really that bad, but he was in love with the evil queen, so he did whatever she wanted. Oh, okay. But right. that's the only role I've seen him in where he's not straight up a bad guy. <laughs> he's Garlo. good at it. <laughs> I just love his name. Um, I also watched Gab play uh, Sherlock Holmes. There's a new Sherlock Holmes Ooh. game that is very much like, I think it's from the makers of The Sinking City, and it, and it actually has its own little, like, Cthulhu like lore in it. it it has its own supernatural element Ooh. that's really cool um and the game is it, I don't know it's a it's not a choice based game but it is like a cool little investigative game like okay. you're playing Sherlock Holmes and I think you switch between Sherlock and Watson and you're investigating just weird things happening in the town and I think it leads to this really crazy cult thing mm. why does everything lead to cults <laughs> <laughs> what is this but, um, yeah, it looks really cool. I haven't bought it yet, but I want to. Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun. 
Um, and then, honestly, the only other thing I've been absorbing, um, like, YouTube television-wise, is Big Brother. I've, okay. I have a goal. Me and my sister both have a goal. We've been watching all the old seasons. So I just reached season 10, and I want to reach the current season by the end of this year. Um, and there's like 20 or something seasons. Maybe oh, 20 damn. And I just reached 10. So, okay, okay, uh, you're halfway there. They're just, I don't know, it's like trashy people being trashy. Yeah. It's great. Like, yeah. I just, you mean, when you need something to put on that you don't have to think about, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And you get really, like, enveloped in these people. It's crazy. But I guess that is, like, what happens with reality TV. I've just never necessarily been into reality TV until lately. Mm-hmm. But um, I did used to watch Big Brother with my mom back back in the day when I was in high school and college so uh, up until the season that I've seen now I think um, I have seen these seasons before okay like um, I started watching well I started seeing familiar faces around like season four and that's way back in early 2000s yeah yeah because I do remember it being on back oh yeah the fashion and the hair <laughs> is so bad. I'm like, oh god, why? Why did we think this was cute in the 2000s? But like, low jeans, low and cut jeans, skirt, everything was awful. It was awful. Five hundred tank tops, oh. all layered on top of each other. Why did every single male have like glue in their hair so it was Stick sticking it straight, straight up. up? Like what? Oh my god! And when I was in middle school, and even mostly middle school and junior high they would buy like the colored putty and so it would be like blonde or brown hair but then just like the spiky tips in the front would be like red or blue or green oh man it was the fashion is so bad it's getting better because we're moving into like i think right now we're into like 2007 2008 ish okay so we remember those a little better from our own personal experience freshman year eighth (laughs) grade so uh things are getting a little better fashion-wise, but there's still a lot of, like, closeted racism and homophobia, mm. which my sister says I still have, like, five seasons of that being pretty blatant in the show. So, Great. there's, like, okay. actually a season, she's like, I think it was season 15, she's like, don't even watch it, it's gonna Ooh. make you so upset. Ooh. But, it, the problem with Big Brother is, and you'll notice, if, not that I think you're gonna watch it, but if you do, <laughs> um, they have all white people and then they'll have one black person one gay person one old person because mm. they, they have to fill those demographics yep, yep. so it's Only like one. that hurts but yep. i still like these trashy people being trashy it's mm-hmm. funny <laughs> it's almost like better when all the people are like just shitty then because mm-hmm. you don't care when bad things happen yeah that's what i like <laughs> about succession i'm like all of you suck i can't wait to see you be miserable <laughs> yeah <laughs> It makes it feel less guilty that you're absorbed exactly. in their suffering. <laughs> like, you suffer. don't care about me. <laughs> <laughs> suffer for my entertainment. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. That's all I got. Um, okay. Uh, so, Brody really wanted me to tell you about this. And I, I wanted to tell you about this, too. Brody bought this game. So, we watched Griffin McElroy do a stream of a game that he bought and downloaded a long time ago called... I think it was just called Drop Mix. Mm. And it's like... You have, like, these different sound clips, but it's, like, isolated pieces of it. So, like, for example, Sia, chandelier, just her vocals. And then you can pick, like, the drum beat from Imagine Dragons Radioactive. And, like, the guitar part from Centuries by Fall Out Boy. Mm. And you can drop them all in and create, basically, your own mix. 
And so Brody found out there was like a physical version of the game. So it's like a board with like five different divots for different cards with different colors assigned to them. Because each, each isolated part has a different color. So all vocals are yellow, all drum parts are blue, etc. And you can like drop them all in and create a mix basically with physical cards that we have. And so he bought it, and this is what he wanted me to tell everybody. You can buy it on Amazon, but be warned, the app is no longer available on the App Store. They took it off. They took the, the game that you could buy and download off, and they took the app off because uh, we heard that it was because licensing rights were getting thinking, too expensive. Yeah. So they took, but you can still buy the game with no disclaimer on Amazon that you can't play it once you get it. So Brody was able to do some finagling and some researching, and he found the files online. Uh, we were fingers crossed that it wasn't going to destroy his phone or anything, but it was fine <laughs> so far. Maybe they're stealing all of his information as we speak, <laughs> but hopefully not. It seemed like a pretty chill dude online that, <laughs> that posted the thing. <laughs> no, but it was a... He did, he did his research. He did his due diligence. <laughs> but um, So yeah, he was able to get the files in the app on his phone and we were able to play it and we made a really sick remix well he made and I enjoyed listening to this one that was like basically yeah it was a Sia's chandelier and then I don't remember what background songs were playing but it was really fucking bouncy and cool and then all of a sudden he drops down with the sickness in right when it goes and it was so fucking perfect it's like this upbeat version of down with the sickness and it's so much fun. We, we had a really good time creating mixes. We'd like take turns laying down different cards and seeing what it comes up with. So, uh, Drop Mix is a really cool game, but don't go buy it unless you know how to find the files online for the app because you're not going to be able to go to the app store and buy it. So that's the main, a big thing we've been playing. Uh, we watched Beef on Netflix. That was really, really good. It's A24, which is what's, we didn't know that until we started watching it. And yeah, it, it How's gives my husband 824. Uh, which one? No. I can't think of what his name Glenn. is. Glenn. <laughs> That's what we call him. I was always in love with him. Always <laughs> in love yeah, with him. Yeah, he was a great character. I was. I stopped watching after he, you know. Reached his climax of oh, character. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I was so mad. I was like, I was so hurt. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. No. That it definitely dropped off in quality there. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a that was such a he was such a popular character too. It just didn't make any sense. It was a bad call. Yeah, it was because they call. did lose a chunk of their fan base after that. Mm-hmm. But they're like, what more torture can we instill on our characters in our crowd? That's so it's, funny because yeah. I I have such a hard time torturing my characters. Yeah. How do you torture your characters well, like that? I'm just it. like so attached they to them. I'm like, it. I don't. I want you to come out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I want only good things for you. Amazing. I don't even give, like giving negative attributes to my Sims I because know. I don't want them to have a hard life. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to make you moody in any way, shape, yeah, or form. Or like, you're perfect. Unflirty. I'm like, no, then you'll have a hard time meeting your right. person. Like, no. <laughs> I, I just you. want you to have a happy life. <laughs> I do often make my, my Sim an introvert, though, because oh, okay. it means I don't have to socialize that much. Ooh, I do like that. Get him a nice cat. That's all that they need, really. Um... <clears throat> So we watched Beef, we watched uh, Ouija, Ouija, oh, or- Ouija, we watched the Origin of Evil one, the oh, one that Mike Flanagan That's a really directed. good one, yes. It legitimately scared yes. me, which made me laugh. I mean, it was a super spooky, but I think it had a very lasting impression of 
Oh. I've been gone so much lately because of choir and poetry slams and stuff. <laughs> and so, poor guy. Has he been scared at home? Oh, Brody. He's just a poor guy. Brodicious. <laughs> okay, YouTube, I'm going to go through these quickly. I'm going to leave out some of them. I'm only going to talk about the most important ones. One, Project JDM. It's my favorite thing to watch when I'm anxious and I need to detox because it's just like this guy uses algorithms to make pretty sounds and shows. It's like it's like a bunch of little dots hanging on a pendulum and they go bloop, 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 bloop. And every time they hit the wall, they make a plink noise and it just like makes these little melodies and it's so pretty. And so that's a really good one when I'm anxious. Borisau Blois, B O R I S A O, and then B L O I S, Blois, Blois. Um, he does like CGI that are so realistic and so fucking creepy. It's like, it's like a, like, it looks like a cell phone video of somebody like, I don't know, like looking out their car window and people are like running. They're like, what's going on? And then they look up in the sky and there's just this giant beast standing there. Like, and it looks so realistic. And just like, uh, there's like a back rooms. Like, uh, I don't know if you watch that. Welcome to the back rooms or whatever. Oh, yeah. There's like a back rooms video that's very similar to that and very creepy. There are so many different ones that are just so spooky. I think I creepy, follow scary. a couple uh, TikTokers who make videos like that. They're just straight up. <laughs> His is oriented that same way. So he might even have a TikTok. They might be weird ones. So very creepy. I love it. And then we've been really getting into Nick Crawley Crowley on YouTube. And he does like uh, exploring the dark regions of YouTube kind of videos. So like he does a series of people who are on the on TV shows that like end up like killing people. Or he does like creepy YouTubes where people like find bodies or have these creepy mysteries and it's just like dark youtube stuff and it's all it's very unsettling and creepy and so yes uh very spooky uh, i was just gonna say i just i get swallowed into tiktokers like that uh-huh. and there's one that i like it's co- they're called slammerai and they have a channel on youtube mm-hmm. too with like uh compilation videos of just like yeah tiktokers who've done terrible things youtubers who've done terrible yeah. things like, uh, TikTokers who've murdered, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's so much fun to watch. Like, they're little clips, but they're fun. Okay, I'm gonna look into that, because that's basically this guy compiles stuff mm-hmm. like that, too. He did a deep dive on the guy that was doing, the all, he was, like, a creepy old man that was doing covers during the pandemic, and everybody was like, oh, he's so cute, but then it, like, turned out they found a lot of evidence that he was, like, a sexual predator. Like, they found him on uh the sex offender list in his area and stuff like that and creepy creepy stuff they he covered one um that happened actually very close to my hometown quincy illinois where this guy was on family feud and one of the questions was oh yeah one of the questions is like what's the biggest mistake you made on your wedding day and the guy was like saying i do and then like a few years later he killed his wife like just like creepy crazy stuff like that um Oh, yeah. I thought he also said uh, that he, like, on the show he said one of his answers was kill kill your wife or something Ooh, like that. Ooh, I don't know. Like, I might not have paid enough attention. But it was just oh, spooky. Was just yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, they cover lots of spooky stuff. It, it can be unsettling sometimes, what, what too. What is it Nick Crowley? Nick Crowley, yes. C-R-O-W-L-E-Y. 
and then those are the main ones. There are a couple others. I'll just cover some other time because I watch them a lot. And then for podcasts, I'm not going to talk about all of these. I really got into Scamfluencers lately, which is uh, they talk about like different basic, basically big scam artists. Um, they're currently talking about this uh, lady, or not currently, the episode that I'm on, they talk about this like lady who uh, became like really popular and wealthy in the LA area as being like a yoga guru, even though she was a fucking white lady, right? And then I actually don't know what her scam is right now, but she pulled big time scams. These people ma- are like making hella money from their scams until they get caught. And they're, it's pretty fascinating. I like them. I like the two hostess, hostesses of the show uh and then i've been listening to abe lincoln's top hat which is ben kissel from last podcast on the left it's his politics podcast i don't know why because but even though it's politics and politics are terrible listening to him and his friends talk about politics while i'm really stressed out at work for some reason has been calming me down and i don't know why but it's like they do it in a humorous way kind of and also i lean in the same direction as them Mm -hmm. so like they're like making fun of fucking you know, Ted Cruz and shit, and it makes me laugh, basically, and so, like, they're basically, you know, making fun of all the people that we all agree are terrible, Mm -hmm. so, but they do take something seriously, too, but it's, I don't know, it's a, I, I am enjoying it, it makes me feel, even though they talk about all the terrible things, hearing these people talk rationally about all the politics also makes me feel a little better, uh, yeah, so, those are my main ones, yeah, wanna talk about music? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a whole big list. Uh, I can send you a screenshot of them. Oh, if you perfect. Want. Yes. Um, I've been listening to August by Taylor Swift, Smoke Sprite by RM, and RM from uh, BTS, and Soyun. It's a really pretty song. I just love it. I just, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with it. Um, Low by SZA, which I think is on my last list. I've been obsessed with SZA. Everyone has. Set Me Free Part 2 by Jimin. Jimin is also a member of BTS. I love this song. If you listen to it, you have to watch the music video because the dance is so beautiful. (laughs) And also the choir in the beginning is so beautiful. Mm. And the premise of the song is so beautiful (laughs) because, uh, as you know, K-pop stars uh, end up being put in these, like, slave contracts and they have to, like, basically give up their lives to be k-pop stars they can't really date um and then their life is just on display um so jimin is sort of talking about how he, they have gotten you know bts is one of the most famous bands in the entire world internationally um one of the biggest k-pop bands ever uh so they are the most famous people in korea and they have just gotten all the power to just be themselves so freely. Um, so the point of the song is just going, I can literally just cuss in the song and you can't say shit about it mm. because it's going to sell and I'm, and I'm going to make money and there's nothing you can do about it. So I just love it and I love that freedom for them because being a K-pop star would absolutely fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been listening to... Oh, ma'am... Can you not put your two cents in during during the podcast? Do you want a treat? I have them somewhere. <laughs> Come here. I lost your treats. They're gone. They're <laughs> gone forever. They're somewhere. Oh, here. <laughs> They've been warmed by my butt. Come here. You want warm a warm treat? butt treat? 
a warm butt treat. She's into it. She's she took fine. it out of your hand, too. She doesn't do that often. Oh. Um, she, I didn't know she's that. got a power complex. Oh, you have a power complex? <laughs> I'll break you down. <laughs> um, okay, so I've been listening to Hey Gum by August D, which is Sugar from BTS. Mm. This song is great because it is about how we're all slaves to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's basically it. it and how it kind of can make us bad people are false people. It's a really good song, and the video is dope. Anyway, if you have heard Augusty before, you know. You just know. Like, it's a thing. He's a really, he's a great rapper. It's crazy. Um, Labor by Paris Paloma, which is one of those girl rage songs from TikTok that yeah. I love. Um, Drunk Walk Home by Mitski. Mm-hmm. Escapism by Ray. Star Walkin' by Lil Nas X. Okay, this song is great. It's a theme song from League of Legends. Oh, I listen to this. Maybe because you told me to. I, I could have mentioned it on our last episode. I don't know. I love it's it. Though. It's yeah. my it's, it's my like fun. power anthem. I listen to it on my way to choir practice all the time. <laughs> yes. Um, Trips by Reem. Blind by SZA. Uh, oh, that's it. <laughs> Blind by SZA is my last one. Um, I love the song Blind and the, the entire album that she put out because it's like there's so many songs on it and it's like it changes direction halfway through so the first half are like all of these slow songs about like heartbreak or just like not feeling good enough and then like Blind is one of those songs and then it switches to like wait I'm a bad I bitch I'm oh a bad I love bitch. that and then you get like the low songs and I'm like yes I oh, am good enough that, oh my god mm. like that album was just so good alright um I have okay I got really into this song called Till It Kills Me by Montaigne uh it's a powerful ass song I really like it um and Montaigne is the one who does the new My Brother, My Brother and Me theme song. She's a good vote. She was on Eurovision, I think. She might, she went really far on Eurovision, I think. Which is like America's Got Talent, but Europe, I think. I don't know. Oh, Anyways, okay. yeah. She's, she's good. She's a good vocalist. Adored by Laurel. Fuck, I love her voice so much. Um, Unpeopled Space by Daniel Rawson. He's the vocalist from Grizzly Bear. And it is such a... I... I don't know, there are so many movements in this song, and it's mostly, like, like an acoustic guitar with, like, a really great, like, orchestral backing, and it's, oh my god, it's so fun. Um, and then Nothing Left, which is a song by Death From Above 1975, that's a very, like, fun punk upbeat song. Uh, Bark Like a, yeah, Bark Like a God by Sloppy Jane, that one is one that, uh, it's on my... Uh, spectral serenade it's kind of like a it's like a rocky cool song i like it a lot uh april fool by manchester orchestra because i was listening to that a bunch around april 1st i don't it it wasn't even on purpose it just like (laughs) i listened to it one time i was like oh fuck yeah this song's great and then i was like oh today's april 1st perfect (laughs) um animal tracks by mountain man is a really great harmonic acoustic song oh my god i love it so much and i just threw on because today i found out uh it's the 10th anniversary of stromai's album that has papa ute on it papa ute is is probably his most popular song it's a lot of fun uh that's another video that i would recommend watching the music video or that's a song that i would recommend watching the music video because the dancing is great it's a lot of fun 
Stromae's a great dancer. And that's it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all for our media absorption. Anything else you want to throw in? I think I'm done. Yeah, Sorry, I can't really think of anything else. Like, I really haven't been absorbing a lot of media, just playing The Sims like crazy. Yeah, I play. I downloaded Lemon Cake yesterday, which is a Steam game that's been on my wish list forever. It's like a really cute, like cottage court. You open a cafe oh that God. used to be owned. Well, the ghost of the person who used to own it is there, telling you like what to do, basically like do, being your tutorial person. And you just like make little baguettes and pretzels and sweet buns Ew. and candies. And you grow all the fruit to put in your strawberry donuts and stuff and. It's just adorable, and yeah, it's not bad. I like it. It's a nice little detox. So, do you know? Yeah. You remember that coffee game we were playing, Tycoon Espresso, Espresso? Tycoon? Yes. Yeah. It has the full version released. No, yet? they they were. It was supposed to be released, I believe, this month, and they pushed it to June now. Because I'm really excited for that to come out. I am out. too. I, I need that. more. Oh like, yes. So we haven't talked about that, I guess, on the podcast, but there's this game I found called Espresso Tycoon, and I actually just like played the tutorial itself and made a fully fleshed out like fucking coffee shop from that I, I play the challenge the underwater challenge one too but I really like just making my own coffee shop from scratch basically you just like make a coffee shop you can create your own custom drinks you can fucking customize your menu I made all my drinks like really stupid names um <laughs> like the drink that appealed to children the most so they'd stop bitching I called kid drink or the child drink or something like that and it's like i know i had one called like mayo nightmare <laughs> yeah like yeah because you like, put mayo in it <laughs> like you get more points with people with the weirdest fucking yeah. ingredients especially which, hipsters oh. they love it when yeah. you put hot sauce in your fucking yeah I'm like, what is wrong with y'all i think i called multiple i think i called like the first one that i made that was terrible that everybody loved i think i called that abomination <laughs> it's like the more whipped cream and random berries you put on top of your goddamn espresso drink the more like tourists will drink it and stuff um so i i think i called the one like abomination and then another one i called like abomination the sequel and stuff <laughs> like that just like <laughs> stupid so anyways it's fun i think they need to maybe update their algorithms when it comes to making coffee drinks for the customers mm -hmm. but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love it. And you can, like, hire your baristas and train them up in different places and set a schedule. And I don't know. It's fun. It <laughs> I like cool. it. Yeah, I liked it. I want them to release the full version. Yeah, me too. Give me the full version. So I'll let you know when I know <laughs> when it's being released. So how did we... Did we decide we were both going to talk about Honey Girl and then we each had our own individual books that we were going to talk about? Yeah, so why don't we do that? Why don't we do, like, our individuals first? Okay. Maybe we can do me, you, me, or you, me, whatever. I don't care. You want to rock, paper, scissors, it, or? Random number generator. Oh, random number generator. Uh, I should be wearing my ring and I'm not. Okay. Do you want to be even or odd? Um, odd, because I have an odd number of books. Okay. So... If it's odd, you'll go first, and if it's even, I'll go first. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm putting it at 10, and it's odd. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first book I'm going to talk about is The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. I am so, so in love with this dude and his writing. Um, I'm going to read all of his books. I've already put it in my brain to do that this year. 
Um, and I read um, my best friend's Exorcism, mm. uh, which is really good. Like he takes these unique, like supernatural twist. But when when you when you're reading it, you kind of see what he's trying to do. So like in this one, he's talking a little bit about feminism, um, like in the '90s, being like a housewife and life being kind of boring your husband not really listening to you when you're telling him things that are happening to you they just kind of chalk it up to you being crazy um and just like needing something a little more than like the default lifestyle um and then in my best friend's exorcism he's like using the idea of a, a teenager being possessed to talk about how much we change and grow as we get older and it's just brilliant like i freaking love grady hendrix and i was looking at some of the reviews on this and people were like raging about you know a man writing about these women and how sexist it was and i'm like i'm pretty sensitive to that and i did not feel that at all but you know i can't really judge what other people say but i just don't agree with that um but anyway this is set in the 90s and we're following this woman 40 year old patricia campbell what are words? <laughs> 40 year old Patricia Campbell um, so it opens to her going to this book club that she's not really that into and they're reading all these boring books that she's not into um, and then as she's leaving this book club these other women that she's kind of like they're a little odd I don't know if I really want to socialize with them but they invite her to their not a book club they just say you know we're reading this book and this book is like a uh, it's like a true crime nonfiction novel mm. they start getting into all of these nonfiction novels um, all true crime like they read Helter Skelter I think that was one of the first books that they read um, they read all about Ted Bundy they read all about Jeffrey Dahmer they read all about all these different serial killers um, and in the midst of this happening, this man moves into their neighborhood after um, one of their neighbors attacks Patricia, like to the point she this is this this is supposed to be like a frail old woman, and she like beats the crap out of Patricia and bites her like her lobe off, um, and then dies a couple days after that happens. So that's the first sign something is just a little off right now. Yeah. We don't really know. Patricia's kind of like, she's kind of like naive to everything. It's really interesting reading from her perspective because like a lot of crazy shit happens and she's just like very stoic and it's interesting. But basically this man moves in and he was uh, her, the lady who died, who bit her earlobe off, he was her like nephew or something. So he inherited her house and there's just something off about James Harris. His name's James okay. Harris, by the way. Um, he's a fucking vampire. Okay? And she's, like, suspecting, but everyone just thinks she's crazy. Like, um, he, like, convinces all of the men in the town to, like, do all this investing with him. So all the men just are buddy-buddy with him, and they don't believe any of the women where they're like, this man is off and I don't like him. Because why would they do that? They're like, he's making us the most money we've ever had. We don't believe any of this. Um, and also, Patricia's husband, oh, you just want to punch him right in the face. And like, of course. Like, he invites his mother to live with them. She's this old woman losing her mind. She's like, uh, I think she had dementia, but I think she was also, um, it had something to do with James Harris, because, like, she 
she was losing her mind, but she believed he was the man that had murdered her father years, like, years and years and years ago. Um, but she's like, it's impossible man. because how are you still this young? Right. Yeah. So, um, her name was Miss Mary and she did end up dying. Pretty sure James Harris had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. But, um, the husband just expected Patricia to take care of him, plus the kids and the cleaning and the cooking and everything. And he's just like, you're just a housewife. And it was making me so mad. I'm like, no. But anyway, um, so this not a book club starts. And um, it's with, like, this woman named Kitty, Slick, Mary Ellen, Grace, and Patricia. And they're reading all these true crime novels. They're having discussions that their husbands, like, would not be okay with. Like, one woman told her husband that they were having a, uh, a, Bible, a Bible study every, every time they had a book club. Um, and they're all the ones, they kind of don't believe Patricia at first when she's like, something is up with James Harris. I think he's like um, a creature of some sort. All these kids are going missing. Um, and she actually witnesses him like something exiting his body and like sucking the blood from a child. And she like tries to tell people and including her, you know, her girls at the book club and they're like. They sort of believe her, but then they're like, no, you're crazy. And it's because all of their husbands convinced them that that's impossible. Mm. So, but by the end of it, Patricia, Patricia ends up kicking his ass and killing him. Ooh, but by the right. end of it, they all know that it's real because James Harris goes around and threatens all of them. What in about some the husband? Way. Husbands. Nope. Nope. No, they never know. No, nope. they, the only thing they're concerned with is their investment because James Harris has disappeared. Fucking that's men. it. Fucking men. <laughs> fucking men and like the crazy thing is they kept he kept with the lore that vampires have to be like invited in Mm. so he was invited into all of their houses so he was just able to do whatever the fuck he wanted it was crazy getting buddy buddy with the husband i was so into this damn book but yeah that's the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires by grady hendrix excellent (laughs) perfect I only have one other book that's not Honey Girl, so... Oh, gosh. Honey Girl. Did you have a lot? Um, I, I have, can I can talk about one other thing, but other than that, I don't have anything I can talk else. pretty have, briefly. Like, okay. I'm not going deep into the okay. other ones. I, just I don't s- want to rush you at all on your thing, yeah. so... Yeah. Do you want me to go do a couple more? I can do... I'll do one more, and then you can go, and then I'll talk briefly about what I'm listening to in audiobook right now, which is okay. Shirley Jackson, so... And then you can whatever you want. And then we can do Honey Girl. Okay. All right. So I'm... What am I looking at? Where am I? What's happening? Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. The panic. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the book. Please bear with me. I listened to the audiobook several months ago. Uh, it's called... The, <laughs> it's like, what is it called? Um, it's called The First Bad Man by Miranda July, which I'm... Sh- certain that we've talked about Miranda July before oh, in this podcast. Yeah. We love we love a Miranda July. Mm-hmm. She wrote a really good uh, collection of short stories called No One Belongs Here More Than You. Yes. She read the audiobook that I listened to, which is awesome. I really enjoy her oh. voice. And I just fucking love when an author reads their own audiobook because you just... They are inflecting in the ways that are meant to be inflected. Yes, There's but- no interpretation... To be made by a third party here. It is read the way that it was written, basically. Right. So, um, so the plot is basically it revolves around uh, a mid middle aged woman. She's like in her like I think mid forties. Her name is Cheryl. 
She's incredibly socially awkward, and she's mildly obsessive, and she's uh, kind of obsessed with a member of the board for the company that she works with named Philip, and it, like, kind of controls her life a little bit. Not not completely controls her life. It's just, like, she's she has a crush on him in that obsessive way that, like, young people have crushes on people. You know what I mean? Like, she seems very, like almost like she's gone through a sort of arrested development situation. She's in her mid forties, but there are lots of, yeah, but there are lots of ways in which she has not matured past that kind of age. Um, she's basically guilted into sharing her home with the daughter of her two bosses. Um, the daughter, her, her name's Clee. She's like 20 years old and she's like a bully. And, um, it's like, a really weird situation but basically like I said Cheryl's just like really socially awkward she works at this um it's a company that makes fitness videos it started off as like self-defense classes but they turned it into like a fitness kind of thing and she's just like I think she's just been working for the company so long that they let her continue working there even though she's very like awkward and kind of makes everybody uncomfortable they made her start working from home she's allowed to come into the office one day a week but she's allowed she's allowed to they don't like that's i just reread that part too like she they say she's allowed to come in the office one day a week so anyway she makes everybody uncomfortable but um two of the people who own the company their daughter moved to la which is where this takes place they don't live in la they've like retired to ojai their daughter moved to L.A., and she needs a place to crash until she can afford her own apartment. She's an actress. She'll make it. So they basically guilt Cheryl into letting their daughter stay there. Their daughter is just... She's a shithead, basically. She's um, she's really, like, described in the book by Cheryl as, like, a bombshell. Like, she's gorgeous. But also, like bad personal hygiene like she doesn't bathe and she has like a cloud of body odor following her around and she has bad athlete's foot but I don't know these are all weird little things that would be described in a Miranda July book too you know what I mean Mm. and um basically Klee is instantly bullying Cheryl who is very meek and unable to like stand up for herself basically and um so Cheryl also like I said has this crush on her kind of co-worker Philip and Philip she reaches out to Philip and says, you know, you can talk to me anytime. When in doubt, give a shout. She thinks she's saying that in a way that's like, you know, if you ever want to go out, you know. But he takes it as, you can be my confidant, and I'm going to tell you these awful things you don't want to know about me. Which are namely that he's in love with, like, a, I don't know, 16-year-old girl. And he's like, is it okay if I sleep with a 16-year-old girl? And Cheryl's like, uh, what the fuck? And then he's like, just tell me. And so... He starts, like, she doesn't want to answer him because she's uncomfortable and she's awkward and she doesn't know how to, like, handle it. And so he starts, like, messaging her, like, I don't remember the girl's name. Let's just say it's, like, Shelly. He's like, Shelly and I went out to dinner tonight. She held her hand over my crotch, but she didn't move her hand or anything. Is this okay? And he's just, like, putting Cheryl in these really terrible situations, basically. So, like, she's already, like, emotionally crushed because this man that she has this huge crush on is like basically using her as a sounding board for all of his like gross feelings towards a 16 year old and then she's like been forced to live with this girl who's just like completely ruining her routine and so the girl starts bullying her so bad that one day she like shoves her and Cheryl like shoves her back and they start like physically fighting and you would think this would be a very bad thing but it actually makes Cheryl feel way better Mm -hmm. 
it's kind of like a therapy kind of thing. It's almost like a weird warped fight club situation, mm. right? So basically, Clee and Cheryl begin physically fighting regularly. It It's implied that Clee understands that this is a therapeutic thing for Cheryl. And so they begin regularly fighting. They start acting out the self-defense scenarios that the, um, that the fitness videos they made are based off of. And so they basically start fighting. And then some weird shift happens where Cheryl's obsession with with Philip is shifted into like a strange weird crush on Clee. And which Clee is an adult, she's still super young. She's only 20, but she is an adult, but she like but Cheryl's way of having a crush on Clee and still having a crush on Philip is she like imagines Philip having sex with Clee. And it's, like, this really strange sexual obsession that she has. Clee ends up getting pregnant at some point. We find out way, way, way later. Spoils. So skip ahead if you don't want to. If you want to. It turns out Philip also works with Clee's parents. So Philip knows Clee from that. Philip is the one that gets Clee pregnant. So this man that Cheryl has a crush on impregnates this girl that Cheryl has a crush on, question mark? Um... Cheryl continues to keep Clee in her household and they've like bonded over this like weird therapeutic fighting that they were doing. They've become like a they've have like this weird bond. And so Cheryl helps Clee throughout her pregnancy and they become lesbian lovers. And then Clee has her upset. Like <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's so fucking weird. This whole thing is so weird and uncomfortable, but it's fascinating. I could not stop listening to it. So they become lesbian lovers, and um, at first when the baby is born, they're like moms together, but then Clee's like, I can't fucking do this, and she dips. And so now Cheryl just has a baby that she has to raise. Uh, I forgot to Im- include a very important part where Cheryl, when she was like nine years old, her, um, her parents' friends that had a baby came over, and they basically asked Cheryl to like keep the baby entertained while they played pool or whatever it was and Cheryl bonded with this baby and she doesn't she remembers the baby's name as being Kubelko but her mom later said there's no way that was the baby's name so she doesn't even know the baby's real name but she bonded with this baby named Kubelko and now she felt like she had a spiritual connection with this baby and now every time she sees a baby she checks to see if it's Kubelko and sometimes it is and she just knows and she feels the bond and then they leave and she's always like one day Kubelko will be born to me and I will have Kubelko, and he's my spirit baby. And basically, she basically sees this baby that Klee had as Kubelko, her spirit baby. And then she raises the baby, and she has a son. <laughs> the end. <laughs> that was fucking wild. It's the weirdest fucking book I've ever listened to slash read. <laughs> it's so weird, but I'm charmed by it. I don't like any of the characters. I actively dislike all of the characters, but I was so fascinated by the book, and I dumbed it down a lot. There are so many weird intricacies of all the characters that are just like, I don't know. It was like, it was like watching like a, a reality show or something. You're just like riveted by the drama kind of of it. And I mean, you know how Miranda July writes these strange, naive characters. Because that's, that's, that's a word that I would describe Cheryl as. She's naive. She might be in her mid-40s and have all that lived experience, but there's definitely, like, mental illness <laughs> and, that has stunted her maturity and her growth in major ways. And 
It's fascinating. Uh, I did do a fan cast for this. Uh, a real quick one. There are only three characters that I cast. Uh, Cheryl. So Cheryl I struggled with because when I listen to this audiobook is... I don't know how act actively you use Tumblr nowadays. But when I listened to this audiobook, there was a fucking Tumblr ad. And it's this old white lady with like a short cropped gray hair. And she's holding a sword. And it was everywhere. And she's so awkward looking. And she's just like, her mouth's like a straight line holding a sword. And because of that, that's who I pictured as the main character. <laughs> and I was very upset about it. So I finally was able to come up with a real person to play her. And her, her name is Martha Kelly. She's most remembered in Baskets. She's like Baskets' weird friend, Martha. She's very monotone. She's very weird. She's perfect for this role. Clee, I cast as Catherine Newton. She plays Abby from Big Little Lies. So she plays uh, Reese Witherspoon's daughter, also just a bitchy teenager person. And then Philip, I cast as Alan, Alan Ruck, who he plays Connor, the oldest son in succession. Or he's also very well known as Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The big blue eyes. But he's old now, so that guy. Yeah. So that's my... <laughs> it was such a fucking weird book. I loved it. It was so weird. I would listen to it again. <laughs> I, well, I gotta listen to it now. Shit. <laughs> it's so strange. What the hell? I read part of it while I was uh, getting my hair done. Because I, I needed to remember like the mood of it. And I instantly was like, oh yeah, this fucking book is bizarre. Yes. But I like I it. I expect nothing less from Miranda July. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my next book is Verity, which I think you've talked oh, about yeah. before, so I'm just going to briefly talk about it. Um, it's by Colleen Hoover. In my opinion, really the only book that you should read by Colleen Hoover. Mm -hmm. Not a fan of her. It, unless you just want to cry or witness someone being abused and then oh, falling great. in love. Like... Her good. books are just problematic to me. I'm not a big fan of them. But Verity was good. So Verity is about um, this woman named Verity Crawford, who um, supposedly crashes her car into a tree and then ends up basically a vegetable. What is she, though? <laughs> so, um, Lowen Ashley um, has a meeting with Oh my gosh, no, this book literally opens up with her witnessing someone getting smacked by a car, uh -huh. and their blood splattering all over her. Yeah. Could you imagine? I would, I would never. And then she just went about her day. She like, yeah. she met, she met Jeremy Crawford, which is very, she's like, husband. damn, he hot. Yeah. <laughs> he like, gives her his shirt, and they clean up together in the bathroom, and then <laughs> they go, they end up being in the same meeting, and it ends up being him asking her to finish off Verity's book since she is now a vegetable. Um, so fast forward, she moves in for a couple of weeks so that she can do all the research and write a couple outlines for the rest the remaining books. And Verity, she's immediately like uh, caught off guard by Verity. Like she just something is off. It's weird. She feels uncomfortable. And she finds Verity's um, biography, her autobiography. And she starts reading it, and that, on top of her already experiences with Jeremy, she ends up, like, really falling hard for him. Mm -hmm. But also, um, Verity is a goddamn psychopath. Mm -hmm. This woman tried to abort her children after, like, six months. She tried to, like, stick a hanger up there and pull the baby out. 
Like, <laughs> oh, I forgot. About oh my that. god, Verity is insane. She is so incredibly obsessed with Jeremy that she would like harm anyone to make sure he's happy, including her children. Including her children. Hey, hey. you want a warm butt treat? <laughs> you know, we like warm butt treats. It's a warm butt treat here. Um. So yeah, it's just crazy. Like the entire thing is the fact that she is completely obsessed with Jeremy and is a psychopath. She is straight up textbook sociopath. Mm -hmm. She has no feelings of remorse. She has like no real emotions and she just became fixated on Jeremy. That's the only thing she cared about. She kind of liked one of the one of the daughters. Ma'am, can you stop? She liked one of the daughters, but not her other daughter. They were twins, by the way. That's fucked. <laughs> um and I think it was the daughter that had a scar on her face from when she tried to freaking oh, abort it yeah. with the hanger. It's just crazy. So anyway, the end of the book ends with Verity, I'm pretty sure, dying. I'm pretty sure they kill her because uh, Jeremy uh, reads the book and finds that I just spoiled the hell out of that. So maybe don't. Uh, it's too late. <laughs> Backtrack spoiler. It's too late. <laughs> um you did say the words the book ends with, I believe. That's true. So, so they could just stop there. Go like, ah, um, and Lowen is pregnant with Jeremy's kid, and they they live happily ever after. But Lowen finds a letter in the floorboards where basically Verity was saying um, that everything she wrote in the autobiography was not real. So you don't actually know if anything Verity did was real or not. I personally think it was, and I think she was trying to cover her ass in case, mm -hmm. like, in case he found the autobiography, then she had this letter, but, um, it's kind of up in the air, but I'm pretty sure that bitch was crazy, so, <laughs> Verity was really fucking good, like, <laughs> I got, I got Gone Girl vibes from Verity, yes, to the extent Verity. that I pictured her as, Amy I, Dunn. uh, yeah, I oh, pictured yeah. Rosamund Pike playing yeah. her when I read it, yeah, Amy Dunn was a crazy bitch, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I made a TikTok video where I was like, I was like, y'all, I'm reading Gone Girl. <laughs> and this woman made a a whole scavenger hunt, taking her husband to places that he cheated on her with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, good for you, Amy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amy Dunn was something, bro. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have another book or should I just keep um, going? Um... You could just keep going. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm reading the autobiography. No, not auto. Just the biography of Shirley Jackson, and I didn't realize how badass Shirley Jackson was, and I have a new appreciation for her. So I'm going to read all of her shit. So that's my new, my next. That's my next thing, I guess. She inspired Sylvia Plath. Oh, I she love. She was like Sylvia she was Plath. like one of the OG goth. Not kind of one of the OG gothic, gothic wits. Yeah. Not not like old school like I guess not like Mary Shelley is mm. but like in the 60s well she wrote most of her science, stuff just science fiction yeah that's true yeah. but she wrote most of her stuff in the 40s and 50s but she wrote I mean you've read what we do no not what we do in the shadows I've read we have one. always lived in the castle yeah right have you yeah. read Haunting of Hill House yes I have not so that's my first one I'm it's gonna really read good. nothing but like the show shit's good yeah. but it's really good I'm very excited I uh I just, yeah, I have a newfound love for her. I just recently, because they were the first things available in on Libby, I listened to her two books that are uh, 
collections of the stories that she wrote for women's magazines. So it's a totally different side of Shirley Jackson. She's talking about her life as a mother and raising her children. And that's kind of a cool thing about her. She did a very good job of balancing writing with being a mother. She created a loving, fun, creative home for her children. And at the same time would sit down in the evenings and write these fucking dark ass short stories. And then I listened to a, a collection of her short stories that was published posthumously, I believe. And that was really good as well. She's such a good writer. And so I'm really excited to like get into her. Well, I think more. if anyone can yeah. do it, it's you. She read all of freaking Vonnegut. Like, I've, read, I've read most of Vonnegut, most but not of all it. of Vonnegut. <laughs> yeah. I remember that year, what was it, 2018 when we first mm-hmm. met? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was getting and through so. them all, yeah. Um, were you done? Sorry. Yeah, no, that's like... it. The biography's really good. I'm learning a lot about Shirley Jackson, and I relate to her on a lot of levels, except I could never write like she does. But yes, she's amazing. I like her a lot. That's it. Are we making slurp snort noises, Bella? <laughs> snorp slurp. If you heard slurp noises, Bella was thirsty, and I knew she was because she was over here panting at the window. Aww. Like, there's water in that bowl because I just fed you. Anyway, um, so one of my book of the month's uh, books was White Horse by Erica T. Worth. Um, I gave it a three star because I, I did like it. I just would never read it again. It was <laughs> decent. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but I did like some of the weird supernatural stuff that happened in it. Uh, so it follows this girl named Kari James or Carrie James, whatever. You, I, I was saying Kari because it's K-A-R-I. Mm-hmm. That sounds like Kari to me. Um, and she's an indigenous woman and, um, the cultural aspects was really pretty spot on and her, uh, she takes care of her dad because her dad is like kind of a vegetable, like he can sort of react to things, but he doesn't speak or anything. Um, and her mom died. Her mom was murdered and this is basically her trying to figure out what happened to her mom because all of a sudden she starts having these crazy visions of her mother and it's like it's like an actual ghost in front of her screaming like trying to talk to her trying to like like she like her mom wants her to figure out what happened to her so she takes those visions um and it happened after her i think it was her aunt or cousin i think it was cousin her cousin debbie which is like her only family other than her dad Mm -hmm. found this old bracelet that belonged to her mom and when she touched the bracelet is when she started having the visions Mm -hmm. so the book is going through her investigating her mom's murder um i'm not going to tell you how it ends because this is a newer book so like Mm -hmm. i don't want to i don't want to spoil this one it's it was now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, yeah, I did like it, actually. <laughs> like I said, I gave it a three star, and I give three stars to books that I like but wouldn't read again. Mm-hmm. And anything above a three star, I would probably read again. And anything below that, I freaking hate it. Mm. If it's a two or a one star, I hated it. But anyway, yeah, White Horse by Erica T. Worth. Um, and then my last book before we talk about Honey Girl is called Stay Awake by Megan Golden. She's the one that wrote um, the book about the with the mur- the girl with the murder podcast. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is her newest book. It was so freaking good. Um, it was about this girl named Liv Reese. Um, book opens with her knocking on this apartment door, thinking that she left her key somewhere. Um, and then this this guy opens the door and he's like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "Why are you in my apartment?" <laughs> and he's like, uh, "I've lived here for like two years now." And she's Mm -hmm. like, what? (laughs) And she has the word stay awake scribbled on her arm. 
Um, so mm. she has amnesia and can't remember anything after like 24 oh, hours. Um, and it's based on trauma. So like it's something that can go away once she figures out why it's there. Mm-hmm. But for now she has amnesia and she is going through trying to figure out like what happened. She like can't get a hold of her boyfriend that she had two years ago. Her uh, best friend that she had two years ago, her roommate, her old roommate Amy, two years ago, she can't get a hold of anyone. So she's just kind of a out and about. Just she basically got lost, and the police have like um, videos of her on uh, TV. Like uh, this woman is lost, and she has memory issues. Someone needs to get her to her apartment. She like it takes her like half the book to find out where she lives. It's crazy, but. Um, Basically what happens is her boyfriend and her best friend were murdered and she is suspect number one except uh, she starts to think that she maybe killed them because um, she before she had lost her memory she had cut her hair short and like because her hair was super long and that was one of the things they were saying on the news like this lady has very long hair and she's a suspect in a murder blah blah blah. Um, The guy who was investigating didn't seem to think she was a threat. But everyone else did. (laughs) Like, all the other cops around was like, "Um, I don't know, this is kind of weird. It's adding up that it might have been her. Um, So, she, when she finally does find her apartment, there are, like, sticky notes everywhere. Um, And just reminding her to do things, reminding her who to talk to and who not to, reminding her to, like, lock her door and stuff because someone is, excuse me, someone is after her. Mm. And the person that's after her is obviously the murderer. So, um... And they know that she loses her memory. They don't know that she lives where she lives now, though. Um, but the sticky notes all told her not to open the door for anyone except Blah. And that person, I think their name was Jeremy. I cannot remember. But it was like an ex, her, an ex-fiance of hers from before she had the boyfriend that was murdered. And they just, like, kept a relationship. Mm-hmm. Not like a romantic relationship, but he, like, helps her a lot. And he was the one kind of, like, he got her the new apartment. He did all the sticky notes, made sure she remembers everything. Wow. Um, But he's trying to protect her because he knows that there's someone out there trying to kill her because she has information that she can't even remember right now. So what what happens is it jumps, the book jumps between, like, present and then two years ago before. And it just kind of leads up to the murder. So um, what happened was her boyfriend was cheating on her with her best friend and she didn't know um any of that was happening and it's funny because when you're reading it you're you can kind of see like there's a little Mm -hmm. chemistry between them and you're like "Ooh, this is kind of weird um so um the thing is the best friend also had a lover um i cannot remember his name he was a doctor though and he was actually her doctor he was liv's doctor um you could probably guess what, what's going to happen here. So if you don't really want the spoil, maybe skip ahead. Because I'm going to spoil it. I'm sorry. This <laughs> is a good book. Um, the doctor, who was the best friend's boyfriend, murdered them. And Liv was there. And he, um, like, I think she had some blunt force trauma. And he did, like, try to kill her, too, since she was a witness. But she got away. So that's the only reason she survived. So he tried to kill her, too. But he killed them because they were sleeping together and he's like i love you you know it was crazy (laughs) but i love you (laughs) but there's like a whole crazy shootout at the end of the um at the end of the movie also i think he's a neurosurgeon so i jesus like and he was her doctor so like 
the only other time they mentioned him other than like one clip in the past was at the beginning she went to him and he was like because um, she it was the only thing she could really remember and he's like why don't you go home and like rest and you know just chill for a little bit and it's like okay that was a weird interaction mm-hmm. because he's a freaking murderer but she he she remembered him but never suspected that he had done anything it was just crazy. I don't, it was just a crazy. crazy book. It was so good. That's wild. It was so good. I do recommend listening to it because it, it was very entertaining. Mm. It was good. I loved it a lot. So yeah, Stay Awake by Megan Golden. I hope I made some kind of sense, but that was just an exciting book to me. I love. That's it. like a very creepy concept to mm-hmm. me. I think one of my biggest fears is like, uh, like getting Alzheimer's where yes. I can't properly oh. remember things. Like that's. I already ooh. can't properly remember things. Yeah. So I have to try not to like. Google search Alzheimer's or dementia because then I'll just yeah. be convinced that I have those. Mm-hmm. So, but I know part of my like brain fog is because of my depression. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> with that knowledge, I'm like, okay, I might be okay. At least I'm on antidepressants now. But yeah. depression can cause brain fog and mm-hmm. brain damage. Mm-hmm. So it's like, great. Oh, yeah, like we're just screwed it either way. So. Mm-hmm. That's right, baby. <laughs> The last book you talked about before Stay Awake, that was called White Horse? Yeah, by Erica T. Wirth, and that's W-U-R-T-H. Okay. And that's Erica uh, with a K. You're going to get in Honey Girl? Yeah, let's get in the Honey Girl. You can start. I was going to give a quick, like, plot. Okay. Okay, Honey Girl is a book by Morgan Rogers. Uh, it's about a character named Grace Porter who wakes up in Vegas with a trail of lo- clues leading to the conclusion that she has drunkenly married a woman. She later finds out that the woman's name is Yuki Yamamoto. 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 Uh, though Yuki is already gone, she leaves a card about the radio show that she hosts and, in New York City where she lives. And Grace goes home to Portland, Oregon and learns more about her wife through the radio show. <clears throat> oh my gosh. She eventually calls her wife and they start having like discussions on the phone. First of all, Yuki's radio show is amazing. I, I love know. it so much. I love the little snippets, like the synopsis that she just. Yeah. Uh, yes. So good. It's Soliloquies. So good. That's what I'm That's to it, say. yeah. <laughs> One of those big ass words. Uh, yeah, so they start talking on the phone and eventually Grace is like really burdened by the difficulty of being accepted into her new career field as a black woman. She's an astronomer. She just graduated with her doctorates, but now she's having a hard time breaking into the field because it's just a bunch of old white men. And even her, like, her uh, advisor's like, well, I had a hard time, too, because her advisor's a woman, but her advisor's a white woman, so she doesn't even actually fully understand the struggle that Grace is having. So Grace is really, like, just exhausted. So she decides to spend the summer in New York to get to know her new wife. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it all... Lots of things happen after that, um, but that's like the main that that gets you into the book. I mean, that's really the plot right yeah. there. I um, one thing that I really liked about this book, a I feel like she is pretty relatable just as a yes. black woman, but also the different kinds of love that exists in this yes. book, like her relationship with the colonel. Um, and her stepmom, which, by the way, loved I that. love her stepmom. Such a wholesome oh character. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, strong black figure in her mm-hmm. life, which I love. Because she's mixed, so mm-hmm. she's half white. Um, I feel like that's important to know. Yeah. Um, but 
also with her roommates uh, before she goes to New York to see Yuki. Uh, I cannot remember their names. Uh, Yemena and Agnes. Yeah. So they meet Agnes. I think she was checked into the hospital mm-hmm. that her dad was at. And then, what's her name? Yamina? Yeah. Yamina? She was uh, the nurse for her dad. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they met, clicked immediately, and moved in together. And they brought Agnes in. And it's this beautiful, like, almost sisterhood that they develop mm-hmm. where, um, in some cases, it almost, like, reads as codependency. But really, it's more chosen family like that's all they had you know they had each other because you know her parents were alive her mom was alive and her dad's alive but she didn't really have any kind of a support system outside of Yamina and Agnes which is why Yuki is also so important yes and there's also her co-workers slash good friends Mira and Raj too but yeah Grace her mom lives in Florida Grace and her father moved to Oregon when she was, like, I don't remember, like, 12 or 13, Mm -hmm. I thought. And Grace's father, he's a colonel in the army. Yeah. And he's very, like, stoic, withholding. So she's not getting that support that she Mm -hmm. needs as a young young woman, Mm -hmm. as as a child, as a person. And so, yes, this found family that she has with all of her friends is so, like, I, I was more into that than I was into the romantic love between her and Yuki. And I loved her relationship with Yuki, mm-hmm. but, like, I was so enchanted by her relationship, specifically with her roommates. Yeah, And it's just, like, there's no fear of intimacy there. I love the intimacy. There are so many different types of intimacy mm-hmm. in this book. And it just is a reminder that you don't have to be romantically involved with someone to have to an intimacy intimate. with them. Yes. You know, you can curl up on the couch with your best friend and feel the warmth of their body and... And it's not a romantic thing. It's a you just have love for each other, and there, there are so many types of love. I that's one of the par- parts that I wrote about. Um, I just I adored the tenderness. There was so much tenderness yes. in this book. Yes, and uh, because Yuki's friend group, also they had their own found family too, and their own tenderness and love with each other, the, which they shared with Grace when she went to stay with them. Yeah, because they're all like. So. Um, they're all queer. Mm-hmm. They're all different uh, races. Mm-hmm. There was one who. There's one guy that was Native American and trans. Yes. Yes. And, just, yeah. It was just like so good. So good. So such good. a good group of friends. Such a. It's such a diverse cast without it feeling like they're ever tokenizing anyone or just. Well, let's just make them, you know, all different so that I check off all my boxes. Like, right. the, the author clearly did her research, I believe, too, in making sure she specifically represented the Native American mm-hmm. man, you know. And you know, also and so, the, like, Indian family that she works yes, with. Yes, yes, there, well. there was a lot of cultural aspects to that relationship mm-hmm. that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw someone's review. I should not have looked at the reviews. Mm-mm. And they they called um, Yuki uh, Japanese manic pixie dream girl, and I was like, I don't agree. I with don't that. know because they fleshed out her character, they showed her flaws, and they showed that she is a real human. I think if anything, it was like, I don't know. I think they fleshed out the character pretty well, honestly. <coughs> Excuse me. That's like the whole point. <coughs> of manic Sorry. pixie dream girl. I feel like is. They're, they're just an idealized... Exactly. They're not a fully realized the creation. The story is about the other person. Mm-hmm. It's not about her. Mm-hmm. 
but Yuki was great, and I love her love fascination Yuki. with cryptids. Mm-hmm. It was great. I had such a perfect picture of her in my mind. Me too. Yeah, it's <laughs> so cool. Also, um, another thing to mention with her dad, he was like one of those parents that had a vision for her and only wanted her to follow that vision. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she wanted to be a, an astronomer, and I want to stress... I'm pretty sure she had graduated from grad school. Yes. Like, she this woman had gone all the way through. Mm-hmm. And he still was disappointed because she didn't go for a field that he thought was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So he didn't think astronomy was worthwhile. So he's, like, disappointed in her. Mm-hmm. And it's just ridiculous. Like, that child has a doctorate. Mm-hmm. How can you be mad at that? That's insane. Just support what your children want to do. They're not going to be carbon copies of you. Which is why I do appreciate her mom's character Mm -hmm. and her stepfather as well. He was a sweetheart, too. Yeah, her mom's a free spirit, for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Her stepmom was great, too. I think we already talked about that. Yes, we love her stepmom. Yeah, I I also appreciated that the main strife in this book isn't just, like, a strife between Yuki and Grace. It is Grace dealing with all of these you know, things that are happening in her life that aren't going how she expected them to and that affects her relationship with Yuki. Mm-hmm. And she has to, like, come to terms with the things in her life that aren't going the way that she wants and she has to go to therapy and she has to, like, you know... I don't know. She had to go to therapy and work through her things before okay. she could take on her relationship with Yuki. Instead of her relationship with Yuki fixing everything and mm-hmm. some, like, you know... Oh my gosh, yeah. Whatever. Uh... It, she had to fix her own situation, and then she could, you know, be a wife. Relationship. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, and I love that they talked so much about her needing to find a black therapist. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's so hard, especially around here. <laughs> it's hard. And, like, um, was it her mom or her... No, it was her stepdad, right, that, tried, that helped her... Uh, find people like he uh, set her up with a bunch of different people and there was like one guy that was throwing religion at her mm-hmm. and she's like that's not what I want to talk about and then she found the perfect therapist and I was like this is great because mm-hmm. that is so real it's so hard to find a, a person of color or a black woman therapist because they're either already fully booked or they're just not in your area mm-hmm. or in your insurance yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah that too <laughs> I think yeah I think it's a nice little lesson there, too, that, like, not only are you allowed to break up with your therapists, but you should if they're not working for you, you know? <laughs> a lesson that Morgan could learn, perhaps. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was a great book. I'm not... It, I am definitely not against or above romance novels. I just never pick them up because I don't think to. There are other things that... I'm always interested in, so I don't spend a lot of time with romance, but I feel like if more romance novels were like this, I'd be obsessed with them, because I just loved this book so much, and I am excited to see what else Morgan Rogers writes, because I will read her other stuff, because she she packed a lot of meaning into this book, a lot of, like, self-truths that we can all see in ourselves into this book, and yeah, it was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. I also saw another review. Mm-hmm. It was I think this is actually in the same review. This person just ripped this book apart for mm-hmm. with things that I just didn't agree with. But they said the only thing that makes this book good is all the dreamy writing. Um, and that's all she did. Like the plot was in the first 
30 pages of the book and everything else is just dreamy writing. And I'm like, I, no, it wasn't. No. I just did not agree with that. Like, the writing, yes, I do agree that it was dreamy. That's kind of my point here. Yeah. It was, like, very, like you said, tender, intimate, and it was shown through all of the, the writing um, and all the storytelling. It was beautiful. All of Yuki's moments on her radio station, like all of that, was so mm, dreamy I love and beautiful. That. that really drew me in. That was a big plus for me. Like yeah. I don't know how you couldn't like that. But also that that reviewer is wrong that you catch all the plot in the first thirty pages because the plot is, as I mentioned, in order to have a healthy relationship, you can't fix your problems with a relationship. In order to have a healthy relationship, you have to work on yourself mm -hmm. and you have to address the issues that you're dealing with, whether that be your relationship with your family or your expectations for yourself, you know, that that's the point and that comes at the end of the book. Right. So, that reviewer's wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's good. I love that there wasn't like a big drama, I mean, there was drama between Yuki and Grace, but it wasn't like a constant tug of war kind of thing, you mm. know what I mean? And so... It was sort of yeah. like Queenie. Yeah. yeah. It's not like big drama, but it's relatable drama. Mm -hmm. And it's real. Mm-hmm. freaking love Queenie. Yeah. <laughs> I love Queenie, too. I want to re-listen to that one. That one's good. It's so That's a funny. good book to listen to, also. That is. Yeah. Because the accent yes. and the humor is yes. so good. It's <laughs> good. Mm. All right. Well... I think we talked about some books. We did. We sh we sure did. We sure did. It's been a while since we talked about some books, so I love this for us. Yes. I hope you enjoyed our book talk. Yes. Person who's listening. <laughs> Single human. Single human. <laughs> Are you out there? Ah, <laughs> that's a that's a quote from the book we're talking about right now. <laughs> uh, yes, it's been fun. We're uh, we'll get back into it, guys. We just. It's been busy. We busy. We're like co-hosts of the Day in Poetry Slam now, and they're constantly texting us in the constantly. group chat. We <laughs> love them. <laughs> love them. But it is constant. They really know how to send a lot of text messages when I'm in a very stressful meeting at work, or um, when we're in the middle of report recording a podcast, or when I'm jogging, or when I'm sleeping, or... But... <laughs> Or when I'm just breathing. When I'm breathing. You know, existing. When I'm trying to talk myself down from a panic attack. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> That's me playing with my dog, sorry. <laughs> but, um, we, we're busy. We got choir things. We got... We just... We, listen! But, you know what? Here's what I said to Aisha. And I don't need to tell you guys this, but I am. We're not getting paid for this. We're not even getting sponsored. <laughs> There are no expectations. No. Nope. So, we'll show up when, I sh when we show up. Yep. You can listen to us if you want to. Yes. Um, we I'm going to change our, our uh, title on uh, Instagram to we show up when we show up. That's right. <laughs> like the I like that. <laughs> A podcaster is never late. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> else is simply <laughs> they, Yeah, they appear precisely <laughs> when they mean to. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Um, I, I tried to tell that to Kathy, our choir director, the other day. I was like, a soprano is never late. She appears precisely when she wants oh, to, God. or when she means to. Um, she didn't find it as amusing as I did. 
I'm never the late soprano. It's all the others. Uh, but, uh, this isn't the place for it's me just to throw noticeable. my sopranos under the bus <laughs> right now. It's just noticeable because the section is so small. Because there's no, because there are three sopranos there that are there when we start. <laughs> Like we'll hold we'll hold the melody. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. a pyramid, really. You don't yeah. need all those extra sopranos. <laughs> you just God. need a couple to scream at the top of their yeah. lungs, and we're fine. <laughs> That's not true. Please join our choir and be a soprano. We're we're short staffed. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but we're working double time over here, and I don't have those notes like I used to. I'm getting old. <clears throat> My voice is lowering. <clears throat> is it? No. no. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have as many notes as I used to, but I still hit most of them so mm-hmm. you seem to be doing good i think that last piece serenity was just so pain <sighs> was a beautiful piece yeah. once we got it together mm-hmm. but that was hard mm-hmm. we debuted a, a song that had been composed and we were the first choir that had sung it uh, for the composer and she she was pretty happy with it though she was so. she was also just so pleasant i just <laughs> she adored her i hope she makes it far what's her name do we know her name we should. We should. I don't. I don't know her name. We'll, I'll put it in the show ago. notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was like a lot of things. Three weeks ago. Since, yeah. <laughs> We've had like two concerts since then. Like. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, check out the World House Choir. Join it maybe if you live around here. Or mm-hmm. don't. Just come to our concerts. Opens in July. That's what oh, Kathy yeah. keeps telling me. That's what she's uh-huh. saying. Because she wants so. me to bully my boyfriend back in the <laughs> so. You know who you are. <laughs> Come sing with us. Um, all right. So there you got to listen to us talk about our choir at the end. So I hope you enjoyed that part. If you made it this far. <laughs> Drop us a message. From DM email us. that I never checked. <laughs> you can send us a message on Instagram. Oh, I'll check that. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. definitely message mm-hmm. us. Be like, hi. Here's... Maybe Art. say more than that, because every time someone says hi, I just it means they're a scammer. scammer. We do get lots of emails on our email that's just like, hello. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like oh, we know, know that you don't listen to us. Stop it. Yeah. Because um, that's like all it says is hi. <laughs> yep. Like, um, and then it's like, here's a link to a deadly virus. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, so, um, anyways, we got off on a little weird, couple weird tangents there at the end, but that's how it'd be. It's late. It's sleepy time. It's not sleepy time. It's... Oh no! It's I drinky might, time. It's I drinky have, place. I haven't time. had any full food today. Oh, you need food. I do. My hairdresser brought me crab rangoons from the Thai restaurant next oh, door. I love that. And a matcha bu- bubble tea. Oh. It was. She's she's good beans. I like her. She's Thanks, Drake. She's a good hairdresser. She's a good hairdresser. So, anyways, that's what I've eaten today. <laughs> we need to eat food today. So we're gonna go eat. Thanks for listening to us talk about books. You can talk about books with us. Oh, because we have social media. Fuck. God damn it. Oh yeah. Um. That's my reading challenge. That's my media absorption. So you can find us on Instagram <laughs> at Goodreads underscore, or is it dash? Underscore Good. better friends. Goodreads underscore better friends. Yeah, that one. <laughs> you can email us at Goodreads better friends podcast at gmail.com. We're not feeling Twitter right now, are we? No, I never no. post that. All right. You Must can help. find our show notes. At Goodreads Better Friends Pod at Tumblr.com. And you can follow me at certified underscore morganic on Instagram. And you can follow me at I underscore each underscore ug or um, at Fem Artisans. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you want to look at my stupid art, it's uh, there. Aisha make good art. <laughs> I try. I do. <laughs> She'll be selling it. Too. So come check out our, her, her stands at all the 
she's she posts on the things where she's gonna be yeah. selling art. So yeah, yeah. go check it out. She makes hella jewelry. I it's do very make good. And yeah, come check us out. Yes, maybe I'll catch you at the Yellow Springs Pride. Hey, I'll fuck be there. Yeah. All right. Thank you Bye. for listening. Oh, thank, thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye.